This week, we welcome our first guest to the show, designer Ginny McDonald. She may have been speaking with us live from her utility closet. And Ginny shares with us how she developed her new collection with Lulu and Georgia, the power of collaboration over competition, and letting our crazy show. We even dive into how she handles delegation and creates a work-life balance with her business. And don't miss our controversial game of Kiss, Mary Kill, the Greenery Edition. Let's go. Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Our guest today is Ginny McDonald. Many of you have been following Ginny since she was the design director with Emily Henderson. In 2017, Ginny made the exciting transition to start her own company, Ginny McDonald Design. Ginny's own home and her portfolio of client work is an inspiring blend of her English heritage and California roots. Welcome, Ginny. Hi. Welcome, Ginny. Yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. So the last time that we saw you was January, Vegas (laughs) market, 2020, a very different world. Um, and our listeners probably don't know how that all came about, but, uh, Ginny, I have followed your work for a long time on Instagram, like I'm sure some, many of our listeners have. And, um, when I was shooting for my guest house project, you were messaging with me on Instagram, your excitement about it. And, uh, I think you had been following, seeing it kind of progress as it was being Mm -hmm. built and you shared uh, an editor's contact information with me, which is really lovely and something I so much appreciated because that was my first project to have anything published with. And I think that says a lot about you, that you were so happy to share a resource that you know it wasn't about keeping that contact to yourself. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, um, and I feel like, uh, the industry in LA I have found personally is very supportive of other people and other designers um you know I have a couple of different groups of um designers I'm involved in and we share a lot of information and I think you know it's important you know why why keep it to yourself because mm-hmm. you know I'm is that age-old saying of what is it community uh, community over competition And I think that that is, you know, I want, I want other people to be successful and I really wanted you to get a feature on that project, like, cause it's so beautiful and you deserved it. You worked hard on it. And, you know, I, you know, as a designer, I know how much um, work you will have put into that and heart and soul and that needed to be shared with everybody. So, you know, and But, you know, yeah. and, and, it, and, it, and it paid off, you know, it, it, it got, it got a feature and that was, that was amazing. And yeah. also it's not, you know, for you and also like the photographer as well. Mm-hmm. It's also right. like, 
all encompassing like everybody involved you know gets a you know um got they got that featured yeah um, it's a boost it's definitely a boost for each other and it's not like it's not like me getting the feature meant another designer didn't get one. There's like quite no. literally an abundance of opportunity yeah. for everyone. And it's yeah. not that, that there, there's so many, there's clients for everyone. I do like hearing that philosophy from yes. a lot of designers is yeah. there, there's projects enough for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And especially because we're all, we're all in different areas in, um, you know, California, LA. Greater LA. Yeah. And there is everybody, all the clients are different. You know, we're right. not all going to have the same people come to us because we all have different styles and different tastes. So, totally. um, no, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. I was like so happy when you, when you got that feature. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then months later, Rebecca and I are waiting for a cab. Oh my God. <laughs> we were in and, the cab. Yeah, yeah. We were like getting in. <laughs> And getting in we the were door and you, to pull out. Yeah, we were like it getting in the door and Jenny's like, Sean, and I'm like, oh hey. Like, and we have net we had never seen each other in person before because LA is like that, where even if you communicate with people constantly, you've never seen them in person because yes. 17 miles might as well be four hours. So right. it's a totally different state of being. And then you were like, I'm late. Can I like bum a ride with you guys? <laughs> Because you had like a panel or something you were going to yeah. be part of. And so yeah. we just like crammed in into oh our gosh. taxi and got it there. Perfect. It was so funny because I, <laughs> I think I've been waiting there for about half an hour and I was just watching the clock and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be late for this thing. And I know how long it takes to get from the hotel to the, the center. And I was just like, oh no, what's going to happen? And I was just like, I'd ordered an Uber and you could see the Uber was just like taking so long. Mm, yeah. And then I was just like, I'm just going to jump in a cab with some random people. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, I know him. <laughs> I know that random person. I know that rando. <laughs> yeah, but I think I was also like a little hungover too that morning. And oh, I yeah. Any coffee. Too. Yeah. Like, oh, that was, yeah, like second day. We had all <laughs> indulged the night before. So yeah, and I was like, oh God, I've never met these people before. They're going to think I'm crazy because I'm like literally sweating in the car. I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here. No, <laughs> not at all. By the way, we're all crazy. Just yeah. some of us let it show more than others. So. <laughs> it makes it more fun if, you're, That's true. if you show you're crazy right away, then... That's true. Then you know what you're getting, faster. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that was fun. And then I think we got to hang out later on in the day, going around a few showrooms. Yeah. And I think that's what's so fun about Vegas is you get to do, um, you know, now that we're talking about Vegas right now, but um, I love that that is another place that you can meet up with other designers and yeah. creatives. And that's the first time we had met. So we met there I in know, the airport. I, and <laughs> that's so funny. When I listened to your first episode, you know, just getting your backstories, that was so interesting. And I you know, just as an onlooker, I thought you guys had known each other for a lot longer. <laughs> I mean, I know obviously you'd followed each other and you've had a digital relationship, but, right. um, you know, digital, virtual, you know, but um, the fact you'd only met in person in January too was kind of interesting. He was my sister in a past life. <laughs> had to be. There, and I just, I or really my boss. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, well, you maybe. You're definitely I don't the know. big sister in the past. Yeah, week. yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do feel like good people um, are, are 
good people are attracted to other good people and that totally. people yeah. that we are meant to have in our lives or around our lives yeah. find a way to gravitate to one another and yeah. find a way to connect to another. Uh, and I think that that's just like th some of this is part of that of like totally. one day the, the universe provides those connections and those yeah. Those relationships you have to be open us. to it. I mean, that's just like you jumping in the cab was just kind of being yeah. like, screw it. I'm yeah. just, right. I don't care right. if people think be it's somewhere. Weird, right. like. <laughs> but that was like, it's so funny though, because that's such a happy accident. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Those the fact the best that, you know, stories. you know, like now, yeah. And, you know, I knew immediately after just that cab ride, I was like, oh, these are my people, you know, and so, <laughs> and here we are. In quarantine. In quarantine. <laughs> oh man. I know Rebecca and I are desperate to start planning things out of quarantine because we would like to, of course, like see each other again. And we're, yeah. we're trying to like figure out how do we responsibly do that when it makes sense. And so yeah. um, it's, it is different her being in, in Sacramento yeah. um, and me being in Los Angeles, but we're, I'm, I know that it will come, we will find a way and I don't, I think it's just oh, a matter of time. Exactly. But yeah. I guess what's sort of special about it is that you, you would probably have never done the podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm, don't quote me, but maybe you wouldn't have done. We might not have had the time to focus on getting it launched. Yeah. I yeah. think that is true. Yeah. Because I, I think it was born was it? right as it was starting to quarantine. Right. Yeah. Are, are you experiencing a burnout? of this like remote <laughs> yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. We talked about this in a, in our previous episode um, about it being tough to navigate and it's, that it's starting to wear a little bit. Yeah, I think the run up to the launch, I was really busy and my head was really deep in kind of getting things prepped out for that. And after, after that happened it was almost this like there was a relief but there was also a um i don't know what the word is just like um like a like low i guess low energy is the mm -hmm. thing and just feeling a little bit more isolated i guess mm -hmm. um and not in a bad way i try and you know i'm trying to be remain very positive throughout this whole thing and you know, otherwise, if you don't have some positive energy about it, things are going to not be great for you. That's my personal my thing. I'm always thinking if you've got a positive attitude, positive things will come. Totally. But there have been days where I'm like, oh, I just, I have no creative like juice in me today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? um, but for the most part, it's not been too bad. I think, you know, it has kind of made me re sort of take stock of what's happening in my business, try to think about how I want things to proceed. And I don't know what's to come once things regain normalcy, if that's going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I'm trying to just try trying to stay motivated. But I think when you have those days, you just got to let yourself just have a down day. Totally. You have to yeah. just write it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, forgive yourself for having that cruddy day mm -hmm. and just keep going. Yeah. And I think like the feeling maybe you were having post-launch was just depletion. And right. that's oh, yeah. like a lot of just intense creative energy, yeah. intense just working energy and, yeah. and lots of obligations, I'm sure, yes. all at one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably exactly. nerves. Like that's just yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. emotionally, uh, yeah. deal it with. was. 
was intense. Even if it's positive. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it is like a good, good intensity, but just, you know, that it's like almost like a, it's funny. My husband was like, it's probably how somebody feels like when they've just finished a movie or something and then Mm -hmm. they're off set and they're like, oh, wait, that's it. What do we, what do we do next? And it's like your wedding day. If you were having like a big wedding, right? Like if you're gearing (laughs) up for it for so long and then like, oh my God, it's done. It was a great day, but I am tired. I think that, do you experience that after big projects, that same sort of feeling, not necessarily with, with, you know, your, your launch, but just when you finish like a really big job with a client, do you still feel that same sense of like relief, but depletion and like, at the need for a period of reset? I think it depends on the client. <laughs> but if they've been an amazing client, yes, because you almost, you're in a relationship with them, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, like they almost like become like a, like an extension of your family because you're mm-hmm. in such a close personal um, relationship with them. But, and especially if you, I mean, I tend to work with a lot of the same contractors and, you know, I'll see, I know that I'm going to see them again, but it's not that often that I'm going to see the clients again. Like some clients I've remained friends with and still good, you know, I had one text me today. And so um, that's, that's great. The good thing about like having clients is sometimes you do make friends with them, but, and then, you know, you, but then others, you, you, you're just not constantly seeing them anymore. And that's, that's, I guess that's kind of sad. Cause yeah, yeah, well, you go from a relationship of like just walking in their house at any t- time of right. the day, like oh, yeah. just right. walk in yeah. the front door, filter off, yeah. like, and then yeah. you're like, oh wait, I need a knock now. Yeah. I guess <laughs> like, this, this isn't appropriate. This anymore. is their house now. I can't yeah. just like cruise into their back door. Hey, I'm here. That's true. That's so true. <laughs> you yeah. have like a really intimate in that way, like access right. to their life, yeah. and then there's a appropriate barrier gets yeah. so true yeah and but yeah there is definitely definitely like a a sadness to it but usually you're just on to the next thing anyway so it's not too much time to dwell on it but especially if it's a project that you've really loved I mean the good thing is if you can you know if the client allows it then you get to go back and photograph the space you know um that's always like another good good reason to go back yeah that kind of like put, helps put the bow on it exactly. to have that tie it like cl- good closure of like yeah. you end on a really high note with stuff like that and yeah um I think that can, can you share for our listeners just like we didn't get too much into it but like the path to where you are today with Ginny McDonald design and the projects you're working on so if we're going right to the very beginning, I started uh, working for an architecture firm in England, um, in my hometown, when I was 16. Um, our schooling is slightly different in the UK, so you can't, you leave high school at 16, so then you go on to other educational things. But I, I had a friend at school and her dad owned an architecture firm, and I'd already kind of had interest in it, so... I um, I was like, oh, I'm just going to try this. I was going to go to college, not univer- not university, and not college as you guys would call it here. It's like okay. an, it's like it's like an in between. Um, I was going to go and do graphic design. Got it. And I was like, oh, that course will be there forever. I could always do that another time. So I went to work in this architecture firm and worked for them for seven years. It's a long time. And then, like throughout that, I ended up going to 
I started going to university to study interior design. So I've been in design for a long time. I think it's like 20 years. Oh my God, it's 20 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> so, and, and so that a lot of the work I was doing, um, once I'd finished university, I was living in Manchester and went to, um, worked for a couple different interior design companies in Manchester and they were mainly retail design. So trying to think like we worked with Adidas, we worked with, um, well, it's like smaller uh, food restaurants, chains in the UK. And then, that was actually in 2008 when the recession hit. So I ended up losing my um, job from one company. They basically just like kind of wiped all their staff because well, they lost a lot of work and then, which was the worst time ever. So, you know, so I'm always grateful for the amount of work that I, we have and, um, you know, wake up every day, just being able to do this job with you know, such gratitude. But um, I ended up going to London after that and worked for another retail design company in London for a couple of years and then moved over here. And for a few months I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to work, I wasn't legally allowed to work um, because I, I was a 90 day fiance. <laughs> <laughs> and so I um, had to wait about six months before I got my card through. And in that time, I found um, Emily Henderson's blog and she was looking for an intern. And although I was overqualified for that position and she knew that and I knew that I just had to just do something. I was going stir crazy by not working. And so. And that's still 2008? That, and that was, no, this was in 2013. Okay. Yeah, 2013. So I basically was living, 2008 was when I was in Manchester. Yeah. And then I moved down to London for a couple of years and then um, moved from London in 2013. So, Crazy. Um, so yeah, so I moved, yeah, when I moved here, I basically had to kind of restart my career again. Um, mm -hmm. Just because they were the commercial, the commercial um, design here is very different from from back in London, there's a lot of interior design companies that focus on like big commercial, and it's a lot of retail. I mean, the, that also might have changed now, just with you know social media and like how you know retail has changed. But there's a lot of retail companies and um, you know other like um, bar and restaurant design companies. So those are the kind of projects I was used to working on. And obviously, like the like, like all the laws are different here. And when I kind of tried to find a similar company, I just couldn't find any. So that's why I ended up transitioning to residential. Mm. Um, and, but yeah, I was with Emily for four years, four or five years, forget exactly how many now. And then in 2017 is when I moved from, um, from M to do my own thing. Um, and then that's what, two and a half years ago? fish it yeah. goes by so fast so fast um but it, feel, yeah, it just feel, feels longer it feels like it's a lot longer <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah was that always like a goal of yours to work on your own and have your own no. business no never yeah. and it's so interesting because <laughs> i mean and again like i'm going off my own personal experience but when i was still living in the uk that's not something that people did like people didn't just decide oh I'm gonna run my own business and I don't know mm -hmm. if it's 
also again just my experience because I've only been in LA if it's a very LA thing to do if it's a or if it's like a very mm. American thing to do you know I don't really have that like a different frame of reference yes for yeah and yeah. so I'm almost just like and especially now because social media is so different like are people in England you know going out and doing their own businesses now I don't know um but yeah it was definitely not on the radar because I'd already I'd worked for some like for somebody else for so long and I just was like oh this is the norm you get up you go to your job you come home you do you know do a great job you work hard and then you come home and then yeah and I just had never ever you know some people I think are just born to be their own boss and to have their own company but I guess that was not really in in my I, kind of I definitely think it's an American like cultural um I don't know I think it's part of our culture like our maybe it's more west coast too I only have lived on the west coast too but right. like we have that pioneering spirit I think is built into our DNA and it's handed down that everyone who like I'm third fourth generation west coast southern california and everyone came from somewhere else originally and we like right. started our own thing and right. mm -hmm. yeah but there is something to be said like the there's something reassuring about going to work for another established company where things are set up to a certain scale and they've got sort of enough resources and infrastructure yeah. built in there is something about that that's reassuring oh god but yeah. it comes with its fair number of you can just do what you oh, like god. and what you're good at you're right. eight to five you go home there's no emergencies on the weekends and right. you come no in billing you... right yeah. yeah yeah all of that i mean i think also um the best thing about working for dependent you know a small company or even a bigger company I never worked for a company that had more than 40 people at one time so I never worked mm. for like a big corporate um company so even though it was you know more of a professional environment it was never sort of you weren't just a number on a page you know you were you were still a, a person within that company but just the fact that there's so much learning that you can do and you can absorb so much like having worked for several different companies like they all do things very differently and so i think you know with the architects firm that i first worked for some of their procedures and processes were so tight you know i think even at some point you know on we were all worked on um pcs oh my god i couldn't even remember what that was called um that's not, <laughs> yeah. what, what's not a mac is it a pc yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so <Heather. laughs> but like, like when we weren't even allowed to add create a new file in the system there was that like strict wow. on how their file systems were set up and as much uh, as that was yeah. kind of like super anal like i actually have taken that on board and our filing structure is very like tight so mm -hmm. i think having you know worked for a lot of different people you know from like a very corporate environment not not i don't want to say i mean that i guess you could say that was kind of corporate but a larger business exactly like, yeah yeah and then i'm working for like emily who's from a styling background like picking up those skills so it's been like you know i've had a lot of different experience and i think that's what's been really beneficial to working for other people and i think it really comes through in your work like i can see like the history that you bring from england and your style and the layers that you're 
able to add like with the styling like right. I've always really loved that in your work but also you bring in this really modern element that yeah I don't know it feels just really feels really full but still simple like it yeah I think all those things you picked up you can see it in your portfolio and that's I think what people don't realize when they feel like their journey is too bumpy or you're going like why am I working for this stupid job right but looking back like I think you can always if you do it well pinpoint what you actually could learn and keep in your back pocket and pull out later totally and I think every every experience you can pick something and like you know even like when you were saying on your first um podcast like Sean you're sure you know your banking backgrounds like you must have picked up so much wealth of information from that you know yeah and you know you you almost like and you you probably also don't realize like what you're you're, you're utilizing from those other jobs some stuff comes up and then I'm like, oh, wait, I actually know something about this. Or I've had, I've had clients recently because of everything that's going on. They know my background before I left the bank and I was working in like a wealth management group with compliance and they did a lot of estate planning. And, th- and so I am by no means an expert, but clients are like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just like some of them don't even realize that they didn't set up like who's going to be the guardian for their children if something should happen to them. Wow. And then they're like, what should we do? And I'm like, you know, I don't do this, right? Like, <laughs> but they know that I've, I've worked in that. And so they, they're hoping that it puts a friendlier face on it yes. instead of feeling foolish to ask an advisor or someone that they don't know. Yeah. And so I think that, I, I don't know, I feel like we get, like you said, we get so pulled in with our clients that we're in their inner circle at some point yeah. and they remove kind of this sense of pretense. And yes. then I find myself, yeah, questions come up and I'm like, oh, I actually know something about yeah. that yeah, that I yeah. hadn't thought about for years or needed to do for a while. Yeah. Um, and I think that is what's valuable about even like tying it back to design is these influences that we've had in our lives, in our travels and all of that, it, it still comes back and, and informs the way that we work with clients and the way that we create their designs and yeah, I can see that in what you're doing is that you've got a really firm foundation in your technical skills and your abilities yeah. in space mm-hmm. planning, which is a huge part of commercial design, especially yeah. and professional architecture firms like larger, I shouldn't say professional, just larger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that larger in scale is that that sort of programming and schematics and all yeah. of those are such a huge element of the foundation yeah. of what they do. And you bring that into this kind of approachable scale in residential. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, one of my jobs at one of the firms I worked for was literally space planning in, re- in retail and just knowing like, okay, so you have this fixture and it houses this many units of product. We have to get X amount into this building. Like, and then you have to have like this space and as a walkway in between the fixtures. Yes. Like, how can we make that how can we fit all our units in, but also make it look aesthetically interesting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's almost like mathematic in a way. And I am terrible at math. So I don't it's know. It's a Tetris yeah. game. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of love that as well. It's like, and, and, some, and, in, and in some respects, weirdly, you can apply that to styling, even though obviously there is more like fluidity in, you know, styling out a bookshelf and, you know, you in order to make it feel and look interesting, you have to, kind of loosen a little bit but 
you know, there is that kind of Tetris of styling too, to make mm-hmm. it look good. Yeah. Don't put it two two picture frames on on top of each other on a shelf. Like don't right. have one above, on, the, on one shelf above each other. And, you know. Right. You know. There's formulas, and then there's like, okay, we start from that sort of general principle, or and then we go, but that doesn't feel, which is where it starts to get like very woo-woo designer yeah. that clients don't always understand. Is you're yeah. like that doesn't look right. And they're like, what do you mean it looks fine? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. no, there's, it's aesthetically, you know, it, it, it creates, you know, this problem with our eye and our brain is thinking about it and they, they might not ever really consciously notice it, but they'll right. always be able to sense something isn't quite right or yeah. it's a little off. And that's yeah. or it's so better much after you move that yeah. extra yeah. brown thing. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's the mystery that we have in our world and, clients don't get which is why we're part of that is- it's so like meditative though don't like I mean once you can if you can like I saw you just did something in your own home Jenny and like if you can clear out the time and space to just like empty out a bookshelf make a pile of stuff behind you like yeah I mean it's I don't know you get in that flow with it I think it's so oh, fun I just started doing that I mean again I, and somebody asked me the other day, have I, do I, am I always redecorating our house? And I'm not because I just don't have the time. I, you know, it is a rental, so I'm not going to put too much money into putting, you know, redoing a kitchen or redoing a bathroom. So, you know, I'm, I just, because I've been at home, I was like looking more at the shelves and I was like, oh, you could do with some work here. Like they were just like, <laughs> you know, and you just like throw in a book there and throw other yeah. stuff on that. And I'm like, oh, it looks kind of garbage. <laughs> landing pad for stuff yeah. in your house. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know, make sure, make some time for it. So I did, we have a lot of little built-in like nooks in our house. So you just, the last few weeks I've been like playing around and updating them. So kind of fun to do that and give it a ref- refresh yeah with things yeah. you already have I think that's yeah really exactly fun. on top of the work that you just did in your house you also had shared a little bit online about your work from home situation and I know yeah. you're working from home but also do you have a, a team or other people working with you who are also working remotely right now so I have um there's two girls who've been working for me for the last year year and a half and um, as soon as the like, the pandemic kind of happened, um, one of them, her family are in Taiwan, so she went back to okay. shelter with them. And so there is a 15 hour time difference. It became a little too much from a logistical standpoint because she was starting her day, whereas I was trying to end my day. And so it, yeah. the communication was just very it wasn't aligning and it was becoming a little bit too stressful for me. So I, um, we, I said, just let's regroup when you get back to LA, which I mean, God knows when that is. Um, and then my other assistant, she is, she was, she was only two days a week and she works for another, um, I mean, they both actually are only part-time and work for other, either other designers or retail stores. And, um, other assistant, she works for a craft house, you know, that, design store in LA we're just going to re- regroup again in a couple you know I don't know when but when things start to kind of calm down but I know um, I think we all keep saying a couple weeks 
but it's a very yeah. ambiguous couple right. weeks. Like, it's right. the longest couple weeks in, in history yeah. for many of totally. us. Totally, yeah. Still a- you have a really big role that you're playing. Like, no one, no one as part of your team is driving things solo. They're not taking yeah. projects on completely on their own. You're really remaining in front of a lot of your clients. Yeah, at the minute. And I think, and I think part of that is just down to just me being not, not being able to kind of give up give things away as much as I would like to that control thing <laughs> you know um, I don't know I have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about <laughs> so and you know, I think obviously that made it a lot harder with uh, the quarantine just being able to try and give more work out because sometimes it's just actually a little easier just and faster to just do it myself rather than explain it to somebody else so um yeah. you know and I, I think that that's something I need to relook at because I think I do need to be giving more things away and just, it's not that I don't trust people, you know, I, I am very trusting, but it's just, um, I don't know, just, just that control. Well, you have to, it's control, but you have to commit to the process of training someone and that yeah. is an additional level yeah. and layer of work for you. Yeah. So you totally. have to take it on yeah. and, but once you do it, I mean, having done it in the past, it's, yeah, it's kind oh, of amazing. Yeah. But they have right. to like own it. CC me, but you're the boss of this. Yeah, for sure, totally. There's and so think, much in management that it's like a whole other beast. Yeah, it's a whole and thing. it's and I think again, like having worked for so many other people, I have such a newfound respect for all my previous employers. Employers, because <laughs> you know whether whether they're in a bigger company or whether they're in a smaller company, when you become a designer, you don't sign up to be a manager or a boss or anything like that you think you're going into design is this like kind of cool design creative well it's not it's not that at all <laughs> it's like 20 percent yeah, yeah. is design and like 80 percent is business yes. and i think that that's what some people don't necessarily realize when they get into it is or low-level assistant work <laughs> right <laughs> like right. slapping yeah. like yeah. packing your car full of shit yeah and it somewhere and it's like all three levels. My, when I was, like I say, my job when I was uh, 16, I would literally be in, as a junior designer, I would be in this one room. It was the printing room where we would basically print out all our plans. I don't even know what size paper you would call it here, but it was like A1 and it was enormous. I'm like showing you but with my hands, but you can't see it. <laughs> these papers are enormous and there was a specific way of folding them the, the title block had to go on the top. So when the quantity surveyors and the contractors who were bidding for these projects got them, could see everything. And I, would oh, go, yeah. I, I got my like folding down to a knack and I would like <laughs> challenge myself if you can fold these in like how many minutes? And yeah, you have to start somewhere. And that was like my grafting like, start. <laughs> but you probably still do that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not as yeah. much paper yeah. as probably, but. No. It's hard to even like pass that stuff off until right. you have people right. with you 24 hours or totally. 40 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. But you guys have, no, Sean, you don't, but- I'm on my own. Do. Yeah. I started to um, get some assistant help and I started and then, in like February. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so, COVID. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get like good traction, but- they're still like helping me a little bit, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. It'll be, there'll be a, a, a restart in some of that. I, for sure. Are there totally. things that like, 
Jenny, are there like steps or things that you're using that help you free up your time? Because a lot of the stuff we hear from other designers is, and, and yours may be the same way, so feel free to be frank about it, but we, there's this image of a lot of designers just working like constant hours, all hours of the night, up late, which is probably a, a little bit of a reality of starting your own business, but um, do you have some guidance or steps or things that have helped you get some of your life back from your business? Boundaries. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the big things for me um, was moving out of my home. So we had our our office was in my house, basically. And it started start on the dining table. Then I kind of kicked my husband out of our home office and he came into the dining room and worked from there. That didn't work out for him very well. And then eventually I was like, I've got to get an office. And so that helped to create more of a, a work-life divide. Not that I wasn't bringing work home in the evening because, you know, as a small business owner, you, you always do. But totally. I, think I'm st I think I'm still, you know, still do work a lot. And it's not necessarily just on client projects, but it's, you know, setting things up for social media or setting things up for my website or just working on other kind of business development stuff that not every, like people aren't everybody's not seeing um you know whether it's like procedural stuff or I'm always like on thinking about stuff but you do have to set boundaries I think right now it's been a it has been easier to set boundaries because things are a little weird and you are just more confined to your house so you know um like I was saying before I've started to walk with podcasts in, in the morning and that's like my morning routine and it's been helpful for like me mentally to be able to do that but, you know, I'm still obviously doing, you know, still focusing on client projects. And I have done a couple of safe site visits, um, not as many as we normally would be doing. But, um, you know, I think just like if it's if it gets to six, seven o'clock, it's like, OK, now it's time to start working like and have some of your own evening and just mm -hmm. really trying to, you know, I, and I actually do try and switch off on a weekend. And I know that's like kind of crazy, but. I do sort of in my contract, I have it that our office hours are Monday to Friday. Um, and if you want to meet on a weekend, it's by appointment only. And it's like, because otherwise you're going to go crazy. Like your, your brain just needs, and my brain personally needs to reset. And I try to do that on a weekend, although it's, the lines are a little blurred more so now. I mean, Rebecca has full, her business, her family, her daughter. It's like, I mean that, yeah, you're, you're safe. <laughs> Well, my husband still gets to go to work. So yeah, the, well, this week I started taking her back to my parents for a few hours and yeah. being home alone in my house again, uh, <laughs> even for three hours, it's I refreshing. I needed it. Yeah. I think you need that time to reinvigorate your mind to just clear thought processes. Yeah. Like you, you can't have constant input coming in and still feel like you have the bandwidth for anything else that you need to solve or prioritize or or like be creative with it's like right. the ideas will never come nothing will nothing will ever come to fruition from that when there's not enough space for it right yeah there's only so much you can keep in in your head and uh, you know that's why it's the whole COVID thing that is just such an added like mental stress so it's like you almost have to like sometimes switch off from the news or something. Definitely. No. Yeah. 
And I think focusing on the things like you were saying that are special about this time, like you wouldn't probably allow yourself an hour to walk and stroll in your neighborhood with your podcast normally during the week when you're in the hustle. So like we have some specialness about it that if you, you have to embrace it to, and remember it. I mean, I try to remember this is a special time with my daughter too. Yeah, she's she's gonna think this was great. She's gonna look back like that was one of my uh, one of my friends. Um, she's in Colorado, and she uh, oh Lord, she has three kids, and she actually homeschool all three of them. And she uh, she talks a lot on her social media, and she gave some tips for like families that you know are not used to homeschooling their kids. And obviously, I can't speak to this because I don't have kids, but I found it quite insightful. It's just the way that she is looking at this time is how are her kids going to remember that time and like how can you make that special for them and I think Mm -hmm. we can also apply and not make it like a negative too much of a negative thing and I think that's Mm -hmm. like that for me although I don't have kids and I can't apply that to kids I also took that for myself as like how can we look at this time period although it's very sad what's going on and you know I'm you know, how can we make it into something that is positive and how can we do things for ourselves that, you know, are a silver lining almost. And I think that's why, you know, I feel like the world is wanting us to just have a little reset mm-hmm. and trying to get grounded again. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are putting out there on like their social, like a lot of people are cooking at home. A lot of people are like working out and doing all these like really fun like workout like videos and, and good for you know, them. I <laughs> <laughs> haven't done one. <laughs> and then like, one. I mean, to be fair, I've not gotten to the sourdough thing like everybody else. I just, oh, that's, yeah. I've ne- not had time for that, but it'd be Everyone's nice. turning Amish and making bread and like <laughs> right? ni- needlepoint and stuff. Like, <laughs> the time for that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm happy to see some of the, I don't know. I have, do, um, <laughs> I have good memories of when when my brother and I had chicken pox at the same time growing up. And I thought that was a blast to stay home with my mom right. for like that week plus time frame. It was uncomfortable and itchy and all of those things <laughs> that comes along. But I thought that was so cool that I got to stay home with my brother and like we got to play in our yard and and do stuff like that and then be there with my mom and i'm sure she hated every moment of it yeah. but i look positively back on that time and i don't know yeah. it's it's different well let's get into your new collection a little bit okay so for those of you who haven't seen jenny launched a new collection with lulu and georgia can you tell us a little bit about that partnership it's so exciting and we kind of want to hear what how that works for a designer yeah so that kind of came about and um, I do feel very lucky with this collection I am um, I work with Sarah who is the founder of Lulu and Georgia I've been working with her f- since the Emily Henderson days we designed her nursery her first nursery years ago um, and it's such a fun project and you know since then um Sarah bought bought a house in LA and um and we've done little bits of partnerships here and there you know like kind of social media trades 
and then when when Sarah moved into her house she asked me if I wanted to help out with the design so we've been working on that for quite a while and you know uh, we we did her two kids bedrooms and we've slowly been doing the rest of the house but we knew that we wanted to do a lot of custom pieces which is why it's taken too long okay sorry so I'll continue so then so yeah so basically we knew we wanted to do some custom pieces and uh with we started off by doing two sofas and a bed and as soon as we got the samples through for that we knew that this would be a good thing to kind of do on a bigger scale I'd already also done a couple of other um you know some of the custom pieces for clients and I wanted to add those in so we decided to you know make it a bigger full full collection you can't just like run through like three pieces so we added in the, the few pieces I'd done with uh, other clients and developed a couple of other pieces from what we'd done with Sarah's. Um, we like we made the sectionals out of her sofas and a chair. And um, yeah, it kind of went from there. I mean, the, the whole process is probably about a, just over a year. And that was wow. just, I mean, I think it would have gone a lot faster, but the main you know, the main portion was we were initially just doing it for Sarah's house. And then after that, once we decided that we were going to do it into a bigger thing, that was probably about like six, six to eight months um, right. total from kind of designing to getting the, the pieces made. How um, much of, how much of what, what's created now that's there, do you feel like, is representative of you, your design work, your creativity, and how much do you feel was influenced through Lulu and Georgia? I mean, I think with, um, I mean, because I brought in a couple pieces of, of like my own from previous clients, those are definitely very true to, to me, to my style. And I would even say the other pieces that were, were, were developed, you know, specifically for Sarah's house, you know, those, you know, they're simple pieces. They, um, you know, they're, they're tailored, they're, you know, they're beautiful. And they, I would say that they're very representative of my, um, my design style. And they didn't, you know, they didn't have, they weren't, they didn't give me any limitations. Oh, that's with, cool. And I think it's because they knew that I wasn't going to do anything like crazy. You know, right. I think if, I think if like, you know, if I had coming like in with a, Italian modern all of a sudden. Right, and... exactly. Yes, yes. So I think, I think once we got the the, the first pieces, we kind of knew that this would be something that other people would want to be part of, and you know we wanted to make it so that people, it wasn't just so specific to any like style. I feel like the pieces are very timeless. They can fit into a different styles of home. So because mm -hmm. there's a, we also offer like a variety of colors and I think that's where my heritage comes through from the UK because they're very uh very rich colors and that's sort of representative of a house I used to live in in London so each of the like in this one house all the rooms were painted in these like really bold colors like greens and reds and blues and you wouldn't think that that would work and actually really did it was like this beautiful Victorian house and so that's where we kind of form the color like story from mm. um and we wanted to use like rich velvets and linens because they're like natural materials and they're all the materials are all um, from the US and 
the pieces are made in LA, which and was another thing that was important for it to be, you know, not shipped in from, you know, as the country. Um, and what else? It's like, I think, yeah, they were very good at giving me like the creative freedom, to be honest. And, um, you know, I think, you know, there was definitely, we had meetings throughout and, you know, there was some back and forth on like the different colors, but for the most part, they were very open, which was incredible really, because I'm sure like with other partnerships, there's a lot of like, limitations that you can do. Like, right. how about you just put your name on this? We already designed it. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear about that with some yeah. like l collections where it's like the Rug company brings, they bring you like 40 of the, what they, what they would like to see in it. And then someone like curates it right. and then slaps a name on it. And so yeah. it's, it's good to hear that create like creatively there's also something you got out of it by being involved oh, yeah. with that process yeah totally i mean and i also don't think i don't think i could ever just you know i could ever just have somebody bring me something and be like oh yeah great i love this let's use it like that's just not it doesn't feel very genuine to me so um, right you didn't design it yeah yeah like I feel like that I mean it's, if it works for the people great I love that but I think again it comes down to the control thing yeah <laughs> yeah so we're not getting like Ginny McDonald soap dispensers or something like that's <laughs> I'll take one yeah. I, I, I mean never say never if I could design something then yeah yeah, yeah. like a full little line um yeah I'm curious how like the fabrics and all of those selections are they are you choosing from kind of existing fabrics and colors yeah so they are companies already exist they are um they're like so the two are linen like a cotton velvet and a and a hundred percent linen and we basically they're wholesale so we chose mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. um a, a we chose from a lot of, we went through a lot of different like uh, I don't know, like swatch books, I guess you would say, to narrow down the options that we we end up going with. And it, again, like this is part of something that's more on the Lula and Georgia side. They obviously had to m make sure that they that worked within their budgets and their parameters of what you know, like a cost like per this. unit, exactly. Type of yeah, thing. Yes, okay. yeah. So they had to. That was more a lot of their involvement was just making sure that they could. Uh, stay within their like what limitations Produ target the production yeah. stuff and yes yeah 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 i mean that's why i think and i think that's you know launching in this time in the middle of all this craziness was very it's been emotionally draining just because you know you obviously you're putting yourself out there for one and as designers uh, well we're all you know pretty critical of ourselves and mm -hmm. You know, so that was obviously in the, always in the back of my mind. But then, you know, I'm also launching through a pandemic. It could come across as insensitive, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, look at this. Yeah. This is so cool. What I did. But there were so many people that worked so hard on this collection. And I think that what, as a, as a consumer and as a, a salesperson or as a designer, because we are salespeople, essentially, mm -hmm. um, I you know, I have such a newfound respect for what goes into producing materials, to producing pieces of furniture, 
that are consumer based, right? It's the amount of people that were involved in the production of this on their side, like it just wouldn't have happened without them. There was like the, the main people, the photographer obviously who did the most incredible like shots and the incredible videos. There was a stylist who helped. Then there's like their social media and digital coordinator who kind of was like my second person through this. She was incredible. Then there's the buyer on their team. There's also a social media person who does like um, actually puts out their social content. And then there's all these other people that are involved that we don't even see and don't even, mm -hmm. you know, who's loading it to their website, who's, you know, creating all the pages, creating all the information, creating all the copy. There's so many people involved. And so I had to make sure, you know, because it was like a conflicting feeling for me of like launching right now, it would be dishonorable to, to them if I wasn't more excited about it and kind of, you know, um, I mean, obviously I was excited about it. But it's just like, you know what I mean? We get you. I mean, you're sensitive to all sides of it. And you don't and want I, to sound think, to be tone deaf during right. it. And it didn't come across, or I don't feel like it so far has felt that way. Right. But we've right. talked and, about this before, too. I think that it's also not up to us to decide if someone wants to buy a new sofa right now or not. And yeah. a lot of people do. I mean, a lot right. of people, like you're selling these pieces because yeah. people want them in their homes right. and the mm -hmm. time is right for some people. Yeah, and totally. And just, you're never gonna be everybody's, you never. No. And even without a launch, as a person on social media, you're not for everybody. So, right. um, you know, I think. Um, and this isn't like a short-term thing no. like this is this is a line that's going to stick with them for the foreseeable future yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so if someone's not ready right now right that's fine totally. they'll yeah. still be there when they are for sure, sure. and like you know i think because the images are so beautiful and they you know their team works so hard even if it just gives somebody a little joy when they're reading the you know reading a blog or reading a the website and having their coffee in the morning that's we've you know that's a that's 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 all it matters really you know um so will you be adding to the collection down the road i don't know i mean i would not i would definitely be totally into that um i you know like i said i had a really good relationship with everybody um and you know i would definitely be be so into that and whether it stays with the the upholstery mm -hmm. range or if that gets expanded into case goods instead i would be open to that too so yeah awesome. i think yeah i feel yeah. like it's not the it won't be the last collection that i launch but again just knowing how much goes into that's why i've kind of put off doing a launch uh, doing a collection because it's just so much work and effort goes into it but um i would i would love to continue doing collections with people but yeah, those beds need some nightstands <laughs> <laughs> and something like that would be relatively hard to imagine achieving for um a lot of designers if they didn't have that that backing of a larger company yes. like lulu and georgia who's already yeah. creating and putting out for it it's not yeah. like you had to start from the ground up of finding a production facility and bringing on a workroom and right. i mean they already have access and resources to help I mean, they've got a lot of people working for this. And I yeah. think that's important to note that there are, like you said, so many people involved in getting it launched, but also all the jobs and all those families who are being supported by the 
by the production and actually yeah. getting those pieces out there. Oh, totally. And they're all jobs, you know, here in the States, you know, here yeah. in LA specifically, but there's something to yeah. be said that's valuable for some potential customers and clients that they want to hear that story. Yeah, and they're totally. sensitive to that. That's why the shoot itself was two days and that the, the crew that was involved in that. And that was so interesting because that was literally before we got, went on lockdown. Um, it was, yeah, we were literally like all on our phones, just like looking at like, oh my God, what's, you know, it was just the news reports that were coming in were just like, even like just horrendous. And so we did a two day shoot and then we were meant to do a shoot at my house the following week, but then we went into lockdown. So we never ended up doing that. And then that's why we ended up canceling the lunch party. And I think a couple other things got pushed, but yeah, it was crazy. The timing was so funny, just very bizarre. Did you get to art direct the shoot? Like how much like styling and hands-on were you involved? I was pretty, pretty hands-on. Like Kelly, the, um, they have an internal stylist who's, she's incredible. She pulled the looks. She basically pulled some of the looks together for me and presented me with a deck of, um, you know, uh, mood boards. And I would kind of say, yeah, let's do this or no, let's swap this out for something else. And then, um, you know, on the day of the, sh on the two days of the shoot, I was, you know, I was, I was involved in that. I was, I was in my sweatpants climbing up bookshelves and things. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, and yeah. what was it? It was a location. I'm assuming it looks like yes. a real. Yeah. Boat. It was in a, um, it's a house up in Los Feliz. Beautiful house. Oh my God. The bones of the house are gorgeous. All that millwork. Yeah. That. yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they did, yeah, they found it. And again, like even just the coordination time it took to find that property and like secure right. that, secure the dates, secure the team, like the moving team. Oh, and to mention the day that we um, loaded out, it was that time when we had the, all that torrential rain. Oh, <laughs> like gosh. it was like, I, I didn't even, I'd gone into the, I'd gone in the morning in um, slides, open toed slides and <laughs> had, to, had to borrow a pair of Wellingtons from somebody to go and load my car the house is on a slight incline and like the the, the water is literally rush gushing down the street oh just and like a river like, oh it was i mean it was hilarious i mean we were all just like drowned rats it was just i mean thank you know everyone was in such good spirit though i think everyone was like also like oh my god we're about to hit by this crazy pandemic but everyone's in such good spirits and it was just you just you kind of just had to laugh but I did feel bad for the for the moving guys who are moving these like eight foot like sofas out of the, out the house in the rain. Yeah. yeah and clearing out the existing furniture I'm assuming yes well actually actually in, no the house um because the house is so big they only have a couple of rooms occupied so oh. I think they're still working on some of the design for that house oh well that's a nice problem to have right i mean and yeah. get a shoot get a shoot out of it to help yeah. pay some bills for it can can we ask you Ginny, a little bit about how does the collection with lulu and georgia benefit you or like you slash your business as Ginny mcdonald design is it a licensing agreement is there profit share is it neither is it how does it work yeah. so um profit share basically and that okay. is, um, yeah, a percentage of the profits. Um, and that's kind of split up every quarter. Um, okay. And I don't know, I, I'm not sure how other companies do it, but um, that worked really well for us. And, um, you know, I think 
I will be using these pieces in future projects for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think hopefully, hopefully clients will want them. <laughs> and oh, I think so, they're beautiful pieces. Yeah. So um, so you know that is also because obviously I'll get a disc, they'll get a discount rate for those. That's obviously another thing that will benefit just being able to get the pieces out there. Right. That and it like sense. comes full circle where if you can shoot yeah. them in a project, then you're yeah. selling yeah. more and yeah. Yeah. part of the team yeah. in that way. But it's also like, you know, I do, I do want to be able to do custom pieces in clients' ha homes and not everybody can afford to get a custom sofa because they are expensive. And this yes. is kind of a nice mid ground to have something that is designed by me. And because we have lots of different fabrics, you know, it can be tailored to different um, projects. So they are essentially getting a custom piece, but just a, a fraction of the cost. That's a huge takeaway from that. And it's good, you know, behooves you to want people to, you know, or to get pieces that you really believe in, in front of a client. I mean, I think that's part of the buy-in from clients when we recommend pieces is right. your confidence behind recommending them right. speaks volumes to them and they can trust the process a little bit more. Yeah. It It's like... Yeah sells itself if you're like look i'm making this available to so many other people right already in like a really wide platform yeah um, and this is what i would be looking for anyway because this right. is my <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> silhouettes that i'm drawn to so here you go totally yeah. totally your i think your work helps with that because it it you are i don't know you tell us but feel like your your work would be what you would want clients to gravitate towards and oh. so it, that makes it even easier to use pieces that you feel comfortable with that yeah. are already within your aesthetic. Totally. And I think, you know, the fact that I know the pieces well and I know what the, they, how they feel, how like comfortable they are, you know, that's, you know, you guys know it's hard sometimes to sell a client on a piece that they haven't been able to see in person. And, yeah. you know, I actually, I haven't gotten to this point, but, it could be, I, I could probably take customers to the factory and be, and have them sit on the pieces. Um, but it is a hard sell when you, when the client hasn't seen them in person. And that's obviously why Vegas is important because we get to go and we get to see the pieces in person for ourselves. Right. So when we're, you know, when we're presenting these to clients, we can be confident in their quality and their look and their finish and that's like another thing because I, I know that I know how comfortable they are. Yeah. You've been able to roughhouse with it a little bit and like yeah. check yeah. like how dense they feel yeah. or like if it were like leather in Vegas, I'm constantly doing the scratch test on leather. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm like, what is this yeah. gonna look like when their dog jumps on yeah. it? And so. um and I'm I kind of like was rough with stuff because I'm yeah. I know what it's like for families with kids and yeah. so that's a huge part of totally. I've sat in this, I've been in it it's going to be firm for the first couple of months and then right. it'll, it'll wear in and you'll be happier. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I mean, going back to us being salespeople, I mean, it's way easier to sell something when you know, you're actually speaking the truth and standing behind yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have custom furniture that I can sell, but I haven't actually sat in that specific style. Right. right? So yeah. it's hard. And one of the other things we made, we did is we, we use like um, a synthetic, like a, not the duck feather, but trillium. We use yeah. that because a lot of clients have had recently have had allergies. And so, you know, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't 
prohibiting them, you know, being able to use it because yeah, dog feather. A lot of people are allergic to dog feathers. And it's, and it's better. And, and yeah. it's exactly, exactly. Yeah. In LA, in LA, that's important. Our LA is showing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> And trillium feels good because it's like it does. I actually love it. I think it's very comfortable. Yeah, and you don't get it's, poked by the little it's feather. It's true. Yeah. yeah, you don't ever have to refill or or go back to it as frequently, like with duck, as it starts to kind of crush over time. And sometimes duck feathers smell. Oh. Yes, if you have humidity like in, in your environment. Oh, hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you have humidity, that's true. Even if they wrap, you know, like double wrap, yeah, make so. sure it's still. It can a come out. Ducky in here. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, so we like to do something fun with our guests, and uh, today we we want to play. Uh, we've we're making a slightly PG version. It's called Kiss Mary Kill. I'm sure oh, you've yeah. played a, another yeah. variation of this game. <laughs> Today's variation is uh, greenery. For, oh, okay. in homes okay so you get to tell us which you would rather kiss marry or kill okay. um of these three you have to choose between olive branches mm -hmm. eucalyptus cuttings or flowering branches oh that's hard because they're all good <laughs> <laughs> the one you did the other day with the hydrangeas and the red roses i was like oh god and i was <laughs> like a merry one <laughs> you gotta, you gotta kill those roses. <laughs> See, we weren't off that. We weren't very far off on that. Yeah. Okay. Um. God damn, this is hard. Okay, so um, olive, eucalyptus, or flowering branches. Uh -huh. Um, I use eucalyptus a lot. And what I like about it is you can also just leave it, and it dries out, and it also dries out really beautifully. True. And I also put it in the shower. Sometimes you ever done that? We just put like well, I've seen yeah. people do that. I always forget. Yeah, yeah. The hot, the hot and, water kind of releases the yeah, oils. It's and, crazy. Yeah. Um. So I would probably, although olive branches are just kind of more beautiful. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna marry the eucalyptus. I'm gonna kiss the olive branches, and then I'm gonna. I don't want to kill them. The flowering branches, because <laughs> also like eucalyptus are like season. Like if they're all, like they can be f like all season, not just like holiday season. At least in right. LA. Yeah, I, I feel like not. we're surrounded by them here. I yeah. walk down the street and I've cut them from neighbors' yards <laughs> <laughs> and, and like shopping centers, and I'm like, these are hanging low, clip, and then. Oops. You mean you prune like, them for them? I, yeah. yes, I prune them. <laughs> Healthy pruning encourages new growth. More growth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're killing the flowering branches just by well, default, I then. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, maybe I, but now I'm like, should I keep? I mean, in an ideal world, I think I would probably do olive as the Mary. I don't know why mm. I would kill eucalyptus. I mean, those are all good options. This is a tough one. What would you guys do? I think I'm gonna marry the eucalyptus because I there's the seeded eucalyptus. They're tried and true. Like they'll really like support you through thick and thin. Yeah. <laughs> and there's various there's various types of eucalyptus That's that true. work true. for like Silver all dollar. sorts of different things. So I for me it's like it's an easy 
if I didn't know what to pick, I'm always going to land back at eucalyptus. Yeah. I would, I would probably, yeah, I think I might I'd probably kill the branch. Oh. Which branch? I might flowers? kill the flowering branches. Oh, so we're all on the same page then. I, I could find something else that's branch-like if I had to. <laughs> I might kiss the flowering branches. I'm going to go out on a limb. So you're killing olives? <laughs> yeah, because the branches are a different shape, like a lot different of a shape than mm -hmm. the eucalyptus. Yes. So you'd have something very vertical with the flowering branches. Eucalyptus can get that's kind of great. organic and floppy. Where and olive branches can do that too. Yeah. Yes. It's hard on purpose though. I totally love the structure. <laughs> I love the structure of- And we don't and, and ever have to do this. We don't ever have to give up <laughs> one true. unless That's every true. flowering branch tree <laughs> didn't make it. So I, I think there's something cool about the architecture of it and how yeah. you- and but let's not pretend that they all come out looking exactly like that. There's like an hour of of like fussing yeah. with them to make them look perfect and removing some blooms and keeping others. And so Lots of I don't feel like yeah, I don't feel like I do the same thing when I if I have to mess with olive or eucalyptus. They're just like you could practically just toss them in and give it a little shake sometimes and they can look great right away. So true. Flo flowering branch, uh, you might have to rubber band them and like spread them and all sorts true. of crazy stuff so very anyway. true <laughs> well thank you jenny tell us what's next for jenny mcdonald design um god what is next i think just seeing this seeing this whole thing this whole pandemic out of the way and then i don't know what am i going to do next um, do you have like your vision board or what you had imagined this year would have looked like? Are there things on the horizon? You just did something really huge. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> I think that was like. I think maybe that was she like gets my... a break. You yeah. get an out. You get out of jail free for the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I don't know. I feel like just kind of obviously I have ambition things, like long term things, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like just keeping keeping things going, keeping things running, keeping the business running. Um, who knows what's ahead with the climate? So, I think right. if we can, you know, keep going and you know, um, you know what? I want to shoot some projects, and that sounds crazy to say that right now, but I've had I've got like three or four that are in my back pocket, and we had some planned just before we had to go into lockdown. So, as soon as things you know we can start to comfortably work again those are some focus points for sure yeah so i'm sure some portfolio. of those mm -hmm. <laughs> those are like years in the making to get oh, that some, far oh some of these honestly it sounds crazy but i actually finished these in like 2018 it's mm. a long time ago sometimes clients when they're done remodeling they don't want to do decor and mm -hmm. so these are a couple of projects that um they didn't really want to kind of spend any more money, which is understandable because remodeling costs a fortune. A lot. Um, so I think I'm just going to shoot what we have because there's like some good kitchens and some good bathrooms in there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, just want them out in the world. It helps yes. keep your momentum up while we figure out how things shake out in yeah. the months ahead. It's that's something that you've already done yeah. that you want to make sure stays out in front of people. Yeah. And I think that's 
one of the most consistent pieces of advice is a piece of advice that we've been hearing for designers yeah. is just keep staying present, stay in front of people, <laughs> stay available, keep answering questions because it may not come back right away. Just like right. those photo shoots, they don't yeah. come back around right away. But right. as people are seeing the work that you've done, it keeps you present in their mind. And that's really totally. what, that's the best thing we can do. I also think photo shoots are our way of celebrating projects being yeah. complete. And mm -hmm. it's like, I think a lot of us like don't celebrate accomplishments yeah. or like let them yeah, yeah. sink in, but photo shoots are just a way that we love seeing the final images and we can give ourselves a pat on the back, yeah. share them with the world. And it's, they're important. Jenny, why don't you tell our listeners how they can find you? Okay, so most of my, well, really only Instagram. I have Pinterest too, but it's Ginny underscore McDonald is M-A-C. Um, and I also have our website, which is Ginny McDonald Design. Got it. And your collection oh, is on, live on Lulu and Georgia right now. <laughs> all available on Lulu and Georgia. Yeah, you can also get that, you can get through to it on, through my Instagram and through my website if you go to there first, but yeah. So Definitely many lovely check it pieces. Out. It's so pretty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Jenny. This has been amazing to have this time with you. Oh, and no, this has been fun. Thank you for being shut up in the cupboard for us. <laughs> I know. Thanks for I'm hiding sorry. out. I know. I'm sorry. It's like Harry Potter cry. under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, noisy. That's the the truth of recording a podcast, you need a quiet space, and a lot of us don't have those right now. Right. So. No. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, well, this Thank is you. super fun. Thank you so much. Got okay, it. Okay. Well, we will see you soon. We'll catch you around. All righty. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. Is... I think he's selectively deaf. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like my husband? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah, when we're trying to tell him to stop licking his paw, he's like, I'm not listening, guys. I am not listening. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.